morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I'm going to say that for 40 minutes. Good morning. <laughs> um, I am so happy to be here, and I say it every time I get a chance to, but thank you, worship team, for leading us in that time of worship. It is a privilege. It really is. I was at a church like a, a month ago or so, and instead of a worship team, um, they had to just play um, videos to, to worship along with. And God has blessed us so abundantly with not just material resources, but with people that have a desire and a devotion to want to serve. And I never want to forget and gloss over the fact that we have been blessed. We really have been blessed to have a people, a team leading us each week, to have chairs, lights, everything. One quick, um, quick non-planned uh, testimony I want to give. Auntie Jay is looking at me. She knows actually what's happening. Um, in, in the same vein of God providing, we pay rent for this school, and it's not that expensive, praise the Lord, but the new contract is every semester school year, um, and somehow the rent went down. <laughs> And Auntie Jay's very diligent, right? So she's like, they must have made a mistake. So she, oh, Bo, Bo and Auntie Jay both are very diligent. So they, and, and people of integrity, right? So they're like, did you make a mistake and undercharge our church? Because the rate went down. And the school responded, no. <laughs> this is the new rate. <laughs> that never happens, guys. That never happens. I don't know if you've ever rented anywhere or if you are a landlord. Do you ever lower the rent? You never lower the rent. The rent is always too high. But our rent went down. That's just not related to the message at all. I just, it just came to me, so I had to testify. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not as diligent. More <laughs> <laughs> Next year, they'll be paying us to be here. <laughs> Let's pray for it. I don't know if that's godly or not. but <laughs> Woo. Um, So it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. There's so much to give God thanks for. And I didn't want to just give God thanks for the material things that he's provided. But really, for his presence, for working in us, to have people together that band together to want to follow after him, that is a blessing. And I want to give thanks to, to God for you guys. For, for the sacrifices that you make every single week. So last week was retreat, and the theme was, He Still Speaks. And today I wanted to kind of follow that up with a kind of like my own experience of God still speaking. Um, but more than that, also, how I'm still learning how to differentiate like, what's God's voice, and what's my own voice, and what's someone else's voice, and what's another person's voice, and it's very confusing. I remember one, one of our members, when um, the speaker, Lisa, was asking, how does God still speak? The first one, very, very proudly, my wife, <laughs> right? So you, sometimes your wife will speak to you, you know, speak God's word to you. Sometimes it's just your wife, though. You never know, <laughs> right? Um, so discerning the voice of God is our topic for today. And I wanted to tie that in not only to um, the retreat last week, but also to the season of Thanksgiving, right? Because what I've, what I've come to know is that whenever I actually discern the, God, the voice of God correctly, 
gratitude overflows in my own heart. So it's, it's like in, integra integrated with one another, hearing God's voice, discerning the voice of God, and thanksgiving in my own heart. Um, so discerning the voice of God, it's not just for people like our retreat speaker who are missionaries in the field, or it's not just for pastors who have to prepare a message, um, for, or even for our more charismatic brothers and sisters. Right? If you believe that Jesus is Lord, right? if you believe him as your Lord and Savior, you can hear his voice. It says, my sheep know me, and my sheep know my voice, right? If you believe. So the question is not whether you can hear the voice of God. The question is whether you can discern the voice of God from your own voice or from other voices that might want to distract you. Um, so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm going to go to God in prayer. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. God, I thank you so much just for this, this family that you've given us. Um, not, not every day that we get to gather here, but every single time we do, I, my faith is encouraged. My life is encouraged. I am encouraged, God, by the people that I look at, by their faith and by their testimonies. And so, God, I pray right now that you would speak to us. We want to hear from you. We are hungry for you. God, would you not leave us hungry? Meet us here, God, in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So my first question for us is, how can we be sure? How can we be sure we are hearing the voice of God? And uh, for those of us who are at retreat, there's going to be a little bit of review. But for those of you who weren't able to make retreat, this is like a catch-up for you. So one of the biggest ways that we hear the voice of God and we can be sure is, first of all, through his word, right? Of course, his word. The word is the Bible is the word of God, and we know that the word of God is alive, active, breathing, sharper than any double-edged sword, pierced through bone and marrow, speaks to our heart and soul, right? He still speaks through his word. But also, I think most of us here who have been walking with the Lord, or even when you first became a Christian, you just had this feeling inside of you as well. I think our speaker said, just kind of like knowing. It's a knowing in our hearts. And as Jesus, when he resurrected from, uh, from the dead, he actually walked with a couple of his disciples on the road to Emmaus. And their eyes were closed to seeing him as Lord and Jesus. But once the conversation ended, Jesus disappeared, and the disciples looked at each other. We're not our hearts burning within us, right? So there's this burning, there's this like, deep sense of knowing that God is speaking to me. Um, some of, some, sometimes it feels like a, a assuredness, like I'm sure, or it's a calmness, or even a peace. Uh, one of the coolest ways I heard it described of a peace is like a lake, you picture a lake in, in the morning. If you have the privilege of going to like Tahoe or any other lake in the morning, everything is like a little bit more crisp. There's no, there's no waves, there's no, no like, like ripples anywhere, very quiet. That's what peace kind of is visualized as. Your heart is, is kind of like that lake in the morning. It's just very calm. Um, when I w actually, when I was living in the Midwest, it's a landlocked part of the, the country. No ocean. So when we think of water here, we always think of the, the ocean, like waves crashing. It's loud. You hear seagulls. When you go to a lake, there are still waves, but it's very gentle. There's there's not as much wind. It doesn't smell salty. 
So a lake is a lot different for, for us, you know, coast people. <laughs> but that's what peace feels like. Um, the, the third way that I want to remind us, the way that God speaks, is through wise counsel. Meaning that God's, God uses the friends and the people in your life to affirm his word for you. So it's people that you walk with in your faith. It's people that you look up to in your faith. It's people that you're discipling even in your faith. Wise counsel. That's what it means. So one thing that I want to kind of bring to light as well is we're South Bay Bible Church, and we obviously esteem the Bible, revere the Bible and the Word of God a lot. But all truth is God's truth. And not every single truth on earth is found in Scripture, right? No? Okay. <laughs> What's two plus two? Four, right? Is that in Scripture? No. You won't find all truth in Scripture, right? You won't find every single fact of life in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that the Bible does not contain everything that we need. It does. The Bible does contain everything that we need for life and for godliness. But all truth is not just contained into God's word. Why? Because he still speaks in other ways. He still speaks in other ways, right? He speaks through the word, yes. But he also speaks to us, giving us peace, a deep sense of knowing in our heart. He gives us a family to walk alongside that counsels us, that holds us accountable, that points us back to the heart of God. So practically, hearing God and discerning God's voice takes a lot of effort on our part. That's just a fact. It takes a lot of effort. Um, so if you come to church every week, that is awesome. And if you pray and you read your Bible every single day, that is great. But you will never discern the voice of God correctly 100% of the time. Even if you go to perfect, you have perfect church attendance, perfect quiet time check mark, even if you pray every single day three times, you will still make a mistake discerning the voice of God. How do I know that? Because we all make mistakes, right? You all make mistakes. You're going to make a mistake hearing the voice of God. Just know that. You will not do it correctly every single time. And here's a test. How do you think God would speak to you after you made a mistake hearing his voice? What does the voice of God say to you at that moment where you realize, oh my gosh, I totally misunderstood this situation. This was not God speaking. <laughs> what would God say to you in that time? Just t this is a test. Just think. What was the voice of God sound like? How dare you? How dare you not get my voice correctly? <laughs> right? Is that what God's voice sounds like? No. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Try and listen again, right? It's okay. Try and listen again. Now, there's a, there's a caveat here for false teachers who actively try to lead people away from God. God hates that. But if you are earnestly trying to listen to the voice of God and you just get it wrong, and we all will, what does the voice of God say? It's okay. Try again. I'm still here, right? That's what God sounds like, guys. It's not just this 
how dare you get this wrong? And what voice is that when we mess up? It comes from us, it comes from the enemy, it comes from someone else, maybe some scars that we've had. We have to work on discerning the voice of God, teasing that out from all the other voices in our life. God will have mercy, and he will use your mistakes to teach you how to listen better in the future. He will. So here's the key. Intimacy is the key. God is after intimacy. Why do we go to church? To build intimacy with God and to be a part of his family. Why do we pray? To build intimacy. Why do we worship and sing? To build intimacy. Why do we read and study the Bible? Not to gain knowledge of God, first and foremost, but it's for heart transformation and for intimacy with God. Intimacy is the key to hearing God's voice. It's the key to discerning the voice of God. And I don't know who said this, but it's a great quote. The more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. I'll say it again. The more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. Okay? And one of the things that I took away from the retreat, um, and Joanna mentioned it as she was leading worship, was this intimacy that Lisa, our speaker, had with God the Father. Just this, the word that she used a lot was sweetness. And she used this word sweetness in a way that I would never have thought to use it when she was being, you know, held at knife point, when she was being burglarized, when she had nothing, when she had no money, no hope, nothing, nothing at all to her name. She, she looked back on it, and because she had intimacy with God, she could say and look back in sweetness. It's crazy. That's what it is. When you have God, you have everything, right? And then with that comes this sweetness. No matter the circumstance, no matter the pain or suffering that you're going through, the more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. It's not the more you know God, the better your life will be on the surface, right? It's not the more you know God, the richer you will be. It's not the more, God, the more, the more you know God, the less problems you will have. It's the more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. And her testimony is perfect. What does intimacy look like? Let me read through here. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is kind of that sweetness that we were being taught. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And then Psalm 27, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. This desire, once you know God, you want to be with him more because you can hear him more clearly. Intimacy, Psalm 73, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your good works. Exodus 25, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. Not only do we have to want to desire intimacy with God, but God wants to dwell among his people in intimacy as well. Intimacy is the key. It's the key to discerning the voice of God. It really is. It's not just like, what magic prayer can I pray? Or you, you might do this a lot, just when, back when we use physical Bibles, you just do the, randomly open to a page and like, okay, God, speak to me. <laughs> this, whatever I turn to is what you're going to say to me right now. Yes, God can do that. But what he's after more so is intimacy with you. He wants that. He wants that. And so, because the more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. What do you guys know of God? What do you know of God? I was just watching a devotional 
watching it, I guess, yeah, that's what you do now. You watch a devotional um, by one of my favorite worship leaders, and he, was, he used to do this thing with people that he was discipling. Um, he would start the meeting just in a circle, and he would say, okay, you have one minute. Tell me everything you know about God. And it was like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> but he would just force them to think about everything that they know about God. And it would just go from like, okay, God is big. <laughs> you know, these type of like kind of vague general things to very specific, like God actually speaks to me in my life. He is my healer. Like it would go from, from giant, infinite God, creator God, and then it gets more personal every single time. It gets more intimate the more you think about it. So we have to take time to actively say, what do we know about God? What do we know about God? If discerning God's voice means that we need to know God, who is our God? What does he sound like? And how do we talk to him? So the problem is, um, oftentimes as Christians, as believers, we plateau in a place of knowing God. And when we plateau in a place of knowing God, everything else kind of just falls away. The first is probably hearing Next is, you know, the intimacy falls away, the hearing falls away, the love for God falls away. A lot of this falls away once we plateau in our knowing and knowledge of God. And why does this happen? I think a lot of it is actually, sometimes we just fall in love with different aspects of God. We fall in love with parts of God. So for instance, we love the love of God. <laughs> and it's one of these trends that I've noticed as, because I, I listen to a lot of worship music that we sing I listen to like probably 10 times as much as you guys. Um, maybe not Pastor Chris because <laughs> we're on the same level here in terms of loving worship music. <laughs> but but um, the, the thing I'm noticing is instead of just saying the name Jesus, they will replace it with love. So like your love never fails. Like you can say Jesus never fails, but in, instead of that, they'll just say your love never fails, right? It's, it's this kind of idea that we love the love of God or we love the goodness of God. Or we love the grace of God. But then we plateau because all we're singing about is just one aspect of who God is. Or some level of love that God has shown us. But what does God always say in his scripture? It's not just, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he wants us to grow and he wants us to do and work for him, right? So it's not just level, surface level, I love the love of God. I love the grace of God. We need to actually learn more of God if we want to grow in intimacy with him. And you know what? You're never going to know all of God. That's the beauty of it. Even when we get to heaven, we'll still be learning more about who God is. We will be. We will never reach that point of knowing God fully here on earth. There's always more to know, always more to learn. Um, one thing that always struck me in my understanding of, God, uh, of my own relationship with God. It's kind of this weird, um, like, I have this inferiority complex with God sometimes. I'm like, oh God, you are so great. And I get that because, you know, I think of like, how do I talk to a king? You know, in our everyday life, at least in this country, there's no king. <laughs> and even if you see, like, our president, you're not gonna be like, oh, okay, our president. Uh, especially in these days, right? It's a lot of polarization. But um, how do you talk to a king? Um, one of the, so for our retreat, Lisa, uh, she had these like different lies and truths that we had to figure out. I don't know, I actually didn't figure it out. 
Did she talk to a king? Does anyone know? Do you guys know? Sat in the sat in the same restaurant. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's different. <laughs> Has anyone talked to a king before, like a king out here on earth? No. What about a queen? A princess? In Disneyland? <laughs> yeah. I actually okay. So uh, when I was um, before Zach, I went to Disneyland before Zach was alive. Um, I went to Disneyland, and that was about the time when Moana came out. And uh, I was joking with one of my friends about Moana. Um, and he was like this huge fan of Moana. He's like our age too. He's like gushing over Moana. I'm like, dude, you're so weird. Why are you gushing over Moana? And so I went to Disneyland, you know, uh, like seven years ago. And I was like, I'm going to go see Moana for you. And Moana's a princess, you know. She's a prin Disney princess. And uh, I, w <laughs> I went there. And I, I say hi to her. And I just lost it. I didn't even care that much. I went for my friend to so like, take a picture and make fun of him. But once I said, hi, Moana, and I just like, forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> In the presence of royalty, <laughs> I lost my composure. I really did. <laughs> it's my only illustration. I'm sorry. I don't have any other experience of meeting like, royalty. I'm sorry. The best illustration I can come up with. OK, well, so that's another story for another time when I came into very close contact with Steph Curry. But um, I try not to do too many sports things for you guys, okay? So <laughs> how, would you, how would you talk to a king? That always, that always confused me. Because God is our Lord, right? We look here, king and subject, this is the relationship that we have with God. In Revelation 19, it says this, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of the God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is far more impressive than Disneyland. Right? King of Kings and Lord of Lords. How do you talk? This is the same God that we have a relationship with. That always kind of blows my mind that we get to talk to our king. We get to talk to our king. And that kind of losing composure, like, oh my gosh, what the heck? God is here. God is speaking. His presence is here with me. The king of kings and the Lord of lords is here. That's what the Bible talks about, the fear of God, right? The fear of God. This very healthy reverence of God. King and subject. There's a separation sometimes between God and us. We will never get, we'll never be God. We will never fully understand God. But the things that we know about God, that helps us to hear his voice. So sometimes God's going to talk to us and just remind us who he is, right? His voice is going to be like a king. His presence is going to be like royalty. Powerful, dignified, strong, majestic, right? All of these things describe God's royalty. There's a separation. There's also a separation, creator and creation. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them, right? 
God created us. God created us. We are his creation. How does the creation talk to the creator? And how does the clay talk to the potter? Woe to those who quarrel with their maker, those who are nothing but potsherds among the potsherds on the ground. Does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say, the potter has no hands, right? What do we say to God when we are the clay and he is the potter? The holiness of God, right? The otherness of God. The separation that there is between God and man. When um, Moses encountered God, he had to take off his shoes, right? Just the bush was on fire, he had to take off his shoes, when Isaiah encountered God, he said, I'm, woe is me, I'm done. <laughs> I'm a man of unclean lips, right? God, but the, the presence of God, there's that separation. But the thing is, the thing is, God, in his love, closed that separation for us, right? He desires to dwell among us, to be with us, and to, to have this intimate relationship with us. So not only is he king and subject, creator, creation, um, potter and clay, he's also father and child. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. What great love God has given to us. Not only is he our Father, but he's also our Savior. He redeems us. Psalm 130, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. God is our Savior. He's our Father. He's our Savior as well. Also, he is our bride, or we are the bride and he is the groom. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. It's multifaceted, guys. We can't get stuck on just one type of who God is. If we think only that God is our lover, then we will have no fear of God. If we think of God only as our king, then we will have no love of God. But he wants us to have both this love and this fear, this respect and this intimacy, right? There's a depth to it. We're never gonna fully get it right, okay? I started with that. We're never gonna get it fully right, but God will meet us where, he's at, where we're at. He's gonna meet us where we're at. And when we need correction, God's gonna come as our Father. When we need support, what's he gonna come? He's gonna come as a friend as well. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. God is our friend. And unfortunately, our friends fail us here all the time. Right? Unfortunately. Where are you? Are you coming? No, sorry. We have flaky friends. We have friends who are forgetful. We have friends who forget anniversaries. We have all these things. But we know that our God sees us not as servants. He sees us as a friend. I'm reminded um, of that song we sang in the 90s a lot, As the Deer. <laughs> I remember when I actually was first doing youth ministry, I tried to upgrade um, our worship setup, and uh, they were using overhead transparencies, and um, I was like, no, we have to let's use, like, let's use a projector. We can do like a, a computer and projector. And then we sang the song as a deer, and there's a picture of a deer in the background and everything. And then one of the youth came up to me kind of sarcastically, like, like, yeah, that deer in the background really helped me in worship. <laughs> I 
I love working with you. It's so fun. Um, but there's, there's a uh, line in that song, you're my friend and you're my brother even though you are a king, right? Right? It's the right song I'm thinking of, right? You're my friend and you are my brother even though you are a king. That's crazy. That song, it's like etched in my soul. And I, it's, it's going to, it will, will continue to affect the way that I relate to God. So when you talk to a king, it's different. There's a different power dynamic at work, right? He talks and you listen. When you talk to a friend, it's a different dynamic at work, right? So God can meet you where you're at, right? He can meet you where you're at. The more we know of God, the more clearly we can hear God. The more you know God, the more clearly you can hear God. But, but discernment is just one part of this whole thing, <laughs> okay? So we've made a huge emphasis on hearing the voice of God, discerning the voice of God, but it's about what you do after you discern the voice of God that God is after as well. You are my friends if you do what I command you. If you do what I command you. I've already made known to you what, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. I've already made known to you everything that the Father has made known to me. But you are my friends if you do what I command you. It's so important. Faith and works. So important. You have to believe, you have to hear, you have to discern. But there is an action that should accompany your faith. Think about it. You think about, you know, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Everyone had to do something. Abram had to go. He had to leave his land. He had to build an altar for his son. Moses had to lead his people. Joshua had to fight. Deborah had to judge. Gideon had to let go of all his army. Samuel had to obey the call. David had to dance. Solomon had to rule. Jonah had to go back. Isaiah had to prophesy. Jeremiah had to weep. Hosea had to forgive. The disciples had to leave their nets. What is God calling you to do? Because he's calling you to do something. It could be just letting go. Letting go of control. Trusting more in God with your family, your life, your work. It could be moving on from an unhealthy job or a relationship. Whatever God calls you to do, he will give you the faith to do it. He might be placing a, a person or a name in your mind right now that you need to be with. Just to, just to be with that person. I need to be with this person right now just so that the presence of God in me can minister to that person. Whatever God calls you to do, he will give you the faith to do it. All right? Discernment is just one part. Discernment is just one part. And the thing is, we're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna make mistakes. So many churches close. A lot of church plants fail. Why? Not because of a lack of authenticity in their own relationship with God but maybe they just discerned a little bit wrong about the timing or the place. That's okay. It's not that they're bad Christians. It's not that we, we have to succeed in terms of always listening to God correctly, always hearing God correctly. But when we go for it, God will give us the faith to do it. And if we make a mistake, what does God's voice sound like? What is he saying? It's okay. Try again. So when we discern the voice of God, one thing that it should cause us to feel is this overflow of thanksgiving. Um, and you know it's from God if it couldn't originate from you. Um, the, whatever it is that God's calling to you, uh, calling you to do, it will challenge you and it will push you out of your comfort zone many times. And you know, 
for me, I always thought that I would be, would be best utilized in the kingdom of God as just a worship leader, <laughs> you know, um, someone who just was doing what Joanna does really well, right? Um, I would just do this, and that would be it. Um, I would be, at most, like a worship pastor, at least someone on the team somewhere. Um, but for some reason, God has given me a pulpit. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and it's honestly caused me to step out of my comfort zone, like, a lot. Like, not just a toe out of the comfort zone, but, like, jumping into the deep end without a life vest, without anything, no lifeguard there. I'm just, I'm in it. I'm treading water, right? But when I hear and discern the voice of God, I give thanks to God because I know that it wasn't my skill that got me here. It wasn't my strength that gets me here. It's not because I'm smart that I get to teach, right? It's because God has somehow called me to do this and given me the faith to do it. And I may, make, I may make many mistakes, and I do so a lot. But what does the voice of God say to me? What is he saying to you? When you make a mistake, when you come up short, when you fail, it's okay. Just try again. Don't give up. So let God use you. Let God work in your life. Let's together discern the voice of God and follow where he leads, wherever he goes. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, not just for, uh, yeah, not just for this pulpit that I have, but the fact that, God, you have shown mercy upon mercy to me. And, um, and you have mercy that are new every morning for every one of us here. And so, God, help us to grow in our depth of you, depth of understanding and knowledge of you, so that, God, we can become more intimate with you. We know that, God, um, oftentimes, our weeks are, are filled, our schedules are busy. We don't make the time to spend with you. So God, would you just clear our schedules? Even this holiday, Thanksgiving, God, may it be about you. Give us a space, God. Every single one of us here, a space where we can just be with you, to hear from you, to know that, God, you are speaking to us. In Christ's name I pray, amen.